Now. Three, two, one, go! to another episode of the Cool Down Time Podcast. This is episode 28, and I am your oddball host, Marco. And joining me as always is my co-host that might flip a warthog in a big team battle and leave you <laughs> stranded there by yourself. Of course, talking about the reckless, careless, and unhelpful Pablo. He's in the house. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, man, I, that that was just, you know, survival of the fittest. If you couldn't get through, I was going to go ahead and finish the mission for you. It's just it's just the way I operate, you know? Terrible. It's just kind of, yeah. Terrible. Um, look, man, I mean, we have a great episode. Obviously, it's going to be very Halo-centric. Spe- speaking of Halo, Pablo, I was thinking about this the other, the other day. Uh, you know, we were talking about Shoddy Snipers as a playlist, and I thought, like, that yeah. would be, like, a, a cool, like, duo name. But if, if we were a team called Shoddy Snipers, in terms of personality traits, who would be the shotgun and who would be the sniper? No, oh, I'm the shotgun, you're the sniper. Why is that? Just because, um, uh, you know, I like to just say shit, spray shit out. Ah. And so that's where I'm at, man. And you're a little more precise with your words, so that's why no, you're the I, sniper. I'm, I'm the sniper that has no business sniping. <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah, but I mean, why did he pick up? Why did he say that? <laughs> I'm that guy. All right. Well, before Pablo makes a spraying joke, uh, let's go ahead and get the show started. We have a lot to cover. (laughs) Gross and nasty. Uh, We have Loadouts, which is going to be about uh, the Halo Infinite multiplayer, which did, in fact, release earlier than expected. So we're definitely going to get into that. We also got hit points. We're going to talk about some delays that we got some news about. Activision Blizzard's Dumpster Fire continues to be set aflame uh, with even more developments, and we're going to talk about that. And also, the Game Awards are right around the corner, so we're going to be sharing our thoughts about that, uh, as well as our Checkpoint Chat, which we are going to do to continue our end-of-year coverage as we talk about Nintendo's 2021 in review. So, lots to get into. If you like what you hear, please give our podcast a sub. We're on Spotify and all your favorite streaming apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you know what to do. Leave us a five-star review and say a few nice words, which will help our show grow. Also, be sure to keep us in your FOV in between episodes by following us on Instagram at Podcast or Twitter at CooldownTimePod to stay connected with your boys. Now, without further ado, Pablo, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. And like we said, we are going to definitely kick this off with some Halo Infinite talk, and we're going to go we're going to go pretty deep into this and talk about all of the aspects of Halo. It's been the talk of the town uh, for good reason. But I want to kick it over to you first, Pablo, and tell me a little bit about kind of how you're feeling about this uh, this multiplayer overall, and what are some of your thoughts about it uh, in terms of first impressions. Yeah, I, I'll I'll come out and say it, and just kind of be like. Um, uh, I'll just be overzealous, I guess, about the game. I think it's the best multiplayer game of the year so far. It's okay. been about 72 hours since we've <laughs> had it in hand. But here's the thing. You know, uh, conversations were had on Twitter about this being too early to call the best multiplayer experience of the year. The problem with that is that I love Halo. And if a game can be Halo and feel like Halo then the chances of me loving that game more than any of multiplayer experience 
is going to be pretty large. And that's how I feel. I mean, the Halo, and I guess it's weird calling Halo Infinite a game that feels like Halo, but I mean, it is a formula that nobody's really been able to replicate. Splitgate's been the closest one to it to an extent with their own twist. But if you give me a Halo game and it is a good multiplayer experience, there's not going to be a game that's going to be able to compete with it right now. And everything that makes Halo is in this uh, multiplayer experience. Gameplay is fantastic. The sounds, guns sound great. Announcer sounds great. Sound and music is equal part of the formula that makes Halo Halo. And this is, it has that. And, and the choices they made with the music, they managed to still make it feel like Halo, but it's not done in the way that feels like a, like they're trying to emulate old Halos. It's definitely new. It's a natural progression to the formula. And then the map design is fantastic. So far, I don't think I've ran into a, a map that I hate. I'm sure I have maps that I love more sure. than others. Yeah. But there's not one single map that I can walk into and I say that I hate. Like Vanguard. There's a few maps that when we get it, we audibly groan because it's, it's not going to be a fun time. But the map design in this game is absolutely incredible. In-depth customization of Spartans, AI, prosthetic, buddy type, voice customization, all that stuff is here, and it is, and it's, it goes pretty deep. Now, it isn't the deepest customization options of any game I've ever played, but it, it for Halo, it goes pretty deep. And then game modes, like Arena, Oddball, Team Slayer, game modes in Arena, like Oddball, Team Slayer, Capture the Flag, they all bring their own unique form of strategy that keeps the gameplay fresh. So you're, I love, I love Slayer, I think Slayer is absolutely the best kind of, um, the purest form of Halo, in my opinion. But things like Oddball, which before I probably didn't wasn't a big fan of, playing that now, it, it, it and I guess it's more of, of it's more of the thing of how mature, I've matured over the years, where I just wanted to play team deathmatch. But now I understand how to strategize, and Oddball is becoming one of my favorite. When you play with people who know how to play, it, one of my favorite modes, like I Patrol I would, and Vanguard. I, I wouldn't give yourself all the credit there. I think it's also because of the gameplay being a little bit more uh, yeah, like yeah, faster yeah, yeah, and more sure. fluid. You can, yeah. It feels more fun to, to to run around in that game, literally, because it's it's not as slow as the old Halos were. So I think yeah. it breathes not, new fuck life. You. I'm giving myself modes. credit. No, 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 you're not. <laughs> it's all me. You ain't it's better than Halo. Me. You're not better than Halo. No. Uh, no, ahead, but game continue. modes and also like big team battles, they all do the same thing in terms of keeping it fresh, keeping it great. I think personally for me, and I was going to ask you this question, what's your favorite mode? Because I think my favorite mode is a Slayer on big team uh, battles because I, it's it it that I I wish that the maps were they had more maps, but I like the Slayer formula and that team and that big team battle with all the vehicles, the banshees, all that mm. good stuff. I that I think that's my favorite uh my favorite uh mode. How about you? Uh I think for me it is uh it's probably a tie between odd oddball and um the the I can't I can never remember the name of this mode. It's hardpoint. Yeah. It's what hardpoint is to call it. It's it's A B and C it's not domination. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. No, it's gonna bother me. I forgot. Stronghold. Yeah. I don't know. Stronghold. Stronghold. Is it? Is stronghold. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'd say. I'd say it's a toss up between those two. I really, actually, really yeah, enjoy Odd, Oddball a lot. I think it's a lot of fun, and, and it's uh, it's always interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a roll of the dice with your teammates to know if, like, especially if they're randoms, if they're gonna help you out. But um, when it's when it's flowing well, it can actually be really competitive and nail biting, and I really like that. Yeah. Um, not so it. much a capture the flag fan. Never really have been though. But uh, it's it's yeah. not terrible. It's not terrible 
Yeah, I, I think Call of Duty is the only multiplayer game that's kept the flag flying for uh, Capture the Flag, for lack of a better term. Because, I mean, you know, I remember playing World at War and, and having a Capture the Flag mode. That, that, that's non-existent now. You can't even, there's not, there, that doesn't exist uh, in, um, in uh, uh, Call of Duty. But another thing that this game does very well, better than any other game in the multiplayer space, is customized games. Uh, if you look at the options and what you can do with customized games, you can really go all out. Like there's, you can you can do whatever you want basically. Like there's a there's a thing that I saw that I almost played it, but I, I'm, it's a thing that I'll dive deep into it once I'm done. Like kind of getting a little bored. Stickies only, the the, the aforementioned sniper shotties, things like that. Those are game modes that be, back in the day I remember you can play with your friends and kind of create these environments where you're like, oh we're only gonna play this or this way. This does that within the servers, and obviously, one thing that nobody's gonna, nobody talks about too much, but I think it, it, it has to be praised: Xbox servers, day one, this shit drops, no problems, not no, really. no, pro no real problems, not really. You know, that's 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 fucking fantastic. The, the only problem I've I've had is uh, with quick resume. Sometimes quick resume can be a little like spotty with with like not loading in things properly mm -hmm. and so i have to just quit out and then reload halo infinite but it's not because of like like servers kicking me out of a How, match or anything crazy like well, that though one of the things that i'm having trouble with, with quick resume is it connects me to the game and i'm doing quotation marks because it doesn't really so when i do a quick match or or do a to get in a match it says unable to find players and that's because i had it off so long on the quick resume that i have to turn off the game like quit it and go back in and oh. it'll actually connect it gives me a fake connection which is super weird now i have some negatives about it do you do you want to get into what you like about it before we get into the negatives or you just yeah, want to yeah, kind of give my I'll, thoughts i'll okay. run through I'll, I'll run through my positives real quick a lot of them are, are pretty similar to what you said but um you know i guess I'll just kind of break it down a little bit by, you know, kind of like section. But presentation-wise, I think uh, runs really smooth and stable, uh, as you said. I think just in terms of net code and overall, like, frames yeah. per second performance type of deals too uh looks really good to me it doesn't look great i think it looks no. i think it looks uh very clean and neat I, I don't think it's trying to dazzle you with too many effects on screen per se um i think that's probably a good call because you don't want it to be too busy with all kinds of effects um to kind of muck up the the visuals and kind of figuring out what yeah. you have to do um great use of sound dolby atmos is is uh is great uh, for this game, for sure, I, I love the way that everything sounds uh, in terms of like proximity. Uh, music, as you mentioned earlier, excellent. I love the way that they kind of uh, re reimagined uh, some stuff there, and uh, I, I've just kind of you know, especially in the opening hours, I just kind of sat in the menus and just kind of jammed out a little bit. Like this Let, is dope. <laughs> you said you said something to me, I think yesterday, day before, that the game wasn't trying to what uh, be like Marty O'Donnell. It is not. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. That's really important because you can tell when it's trying to be a cheap knockoff easily yeah. and even for halo you can't take that chance I, I i like the fact that because of this game just as a whole package being more of like a soft reboot that they kind of have the same type of deal going on with the music and, and, and style like that to to reflect that a little bit too so that's yeah. a, that was a good call um and I would say, in terms of the gameplay, I think the uh, the movement, the aiming, feels pretty good overall. Needs some tuning and kind of figuring out your your yeah. ideal settings for sure. Uh, I think the pace is amazing uh, in this game. It's it's perfect to me. It's just enough of it, it's just quick enough to feel brisk, but not 
Call of Duty Insanity, and it's it's just tactical enough for you to kind of plot out what you want to do without being slow like a battlefield. It's like that perfect porridge. Uh, Time to Kill feels perfect to me, too, for Halo standards. Yep. It's just enough. Love it. Um, I think, as you mentioned earlier, the returning uh, objective-based modes are a good time. And I think, again, I also agree that the maps are pretty solid, too. Um, in terms of basic stuff like UI and, and, and stuff, I think the, the HUD is great. It's not obtrusive. Uh, I love the fact that the uh, that just the menu layout in the game is very simplistic. It's not overly complicated. It's not sub menu after sub menu of stuff like that to navigate. Um, I like how microtransactions for cosmetics are not obnoxious. Um, you know, since this is a free to play, they could have gone really crazy with pop ups and little side banners everywhere. Buy this, buy that. It's not so bad. True. They have it. They have it in its own space, and that's. Good. I don't think about that. That that is true. Yeah. Um, so I think I think those would be my my main positives. But I, I'm really high on what it does well. What it does well, it does really well. But uh, kicking it back to you, what are some of the things that you think it needs to work on? Well, I mean, I think one of the things that it's really kind of fucking odd to me is no in-game currency to collect via battle pass rewards. So basically, all currency that you that you have must be purchased with real-world money. So if you see, for example, a, a kind of uh, you know color scheme or something that you like uh, on a Titan armor, uh, not Titan, and <laughs> Spartan armor, you have to purchase it with real world money and right. in a lot of other games like fortnite call of duty you actually receive uh that 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 in-game currency through challenges on the balance uh, right. through the battle pass or, so da- or like is, daily logins and stuff like that yeah for like warframe it, it, paladins that kind of yeah. stuff yeah yeah it's fucking weird that may, may maybe it's i'm not gonna say it's an oversight because it's not an oversight maybe it's just a beta thing but it's weird that you're not getting this at all and it's and that's a, and that to me it's like the it's really egregious. One, but the thing that's kind of overshadowing that is battle pass progression. Uh, like you know, no play match XP till recently, till literally hours ago, where they literally uh, have added uh, the XP um, given just by playing the game. Itself. Right at the time of this uh, recording, we just started getting some changes in. So um, yeah. they said they're going to monitor how this works out over the next couple of weeks until the game's officially launched. Launched. Yeah. Um, but uh, I haven't gone in and tried it myself as of as of right now just yet. So I have to defer yeah. to you on how that's feeling. But yeah, uh, it it feels fine. I don't think I don't think it's. Looking through Twitter and responses, a lot of people saying it's not enough. And I agree for what it is because they're giving you, I think, 25 or 50 XP points per match that you play. Um, but my thing is the issue isn't really that they don't give you battle pass progression XP for just playing the game. It's that the challenges suck. I think that's the real issue. Yeah. The challenges are, 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 are not good. And also the challenges themselves don't really resemble good play. In a lot of times. Yeah. I, you, if, if I may, um, I would yeah. say that to me, one of the biggest gaps in this whole battle pass or progression system stuff that's been talked about is, uh, and I think you kind of alluded to it, but I think it's score related XP from your performance in the actual, in the, in the actual yep. games. Those, th- your point total in those matches is absolutely meaningless. Those numbers Don't m- matter. matter none. Uh, to to the bottom line so you're not really rewarded for following the objective unless there's a challenge associated with that and there might not always be one uh, associated with like returning a flag or you know 
holding the oddball or whatever it is. Um, so I think that's a big problem, and it kind of takes away the importance of playing well in a match. Um, I think I think the progression system should be lenient enough for people who are not as skilled, um, because Halo can get very sweaty. So I don't want people that are kind of novices to feel left out. But I do think there has to be a good balance of match or score related XP uh, based on your performance to make sure that if you had a killer game, you're not getting more, uh, you know just 50 XP for it. You know you're getting yeah. something better than that to kind of reward you for for you know performing well uh, or playing the objective as as they you know encourage you to do obviously. So, but um, I'll kick it back to you though. I, yeah, but it's fine. We can you know keep the conversational. I think there's a fine balance. Uh, between what they think is right and what players want. Because I think a lot of times when you look at the complaints, players just want to be able to play a game, be horrible at it, and gain seven free levels. You know, which is, there's that balance. It is a very long uh, battle pass, which I don't think this is necessarily negative because I'm not sure what this is going to look like or how it's going to feel and how it's going to play out. But a battle pass being just about, what, six months is a pretty long battle pass at that point. So I see the vision in them slowing down progression, but at the same time, it's it's ridiculous to go 17 and 8, 17 and 9, and not get that much XP because you didn't specifically, the path you took to get to those kills weren't through the challenges that they're giving you to do. And, and, that's, and that in itself is the real issue here. Because if you're going to do like... Um, it's like uh, uh, Rocket League. Rocket League doesn't give you XP just for playing the game. It gives you XP based on challenges, but those challenges are essential to you being a productive member of that team. Assists, uh, shots on score, things of that sort. Things that really equal victory or equal the path to victory. In uh, Halo right now, that that's not really happening. There's very specific and almost isolated... Um, uh, challenges that are specific to gameplay and game skill, but not exactly specific to you winning or being a productive member of your team. Yeah. So that's that's the problem that I, that what I, that's the real issue, and I think that they're fixing the wrong thing. To be honest with you, I think they're bending a little bit too much to the to to, to what to what the uh, players are saying, and not really fixing the issue, which is. The challenges need to be better. They need to be more uh, cohesive to the all the entire gameplay mechanic of, of, of it in terms of being like again being a productive member of your team. And that's not and that's not what's happening right now. Uh, twenty five fifty XP for just playing the game. That's not good enough. That that right. what does that doesn't matter. You know that, that's in the grand scheme of things. You need a thousand XP points to get to the next uh, to get to the next level. And twenty five fifty for playing each game. Well, that's like what twenty games mm-hmm. to you know that's crazy. That's, yeah, it's insane. So yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't totally disagree. I, I think the problem does extend to the battle pass itself in terms of the rewards too. Um, something that I saw from Reddit was that um, if you look at all the things that you can get through the battle pass, two thirds of the unlocks that you get are challenge swaps. If you actually oh, go and look, so Fuck. that's not exactly very compelling. Um, and, and that, that is putting no. a lot of pressure on the actual challenges because if they all suck, then you're just, you know, you're just basically, you, you bought a battle pass to get a better, uh, challenge and that's not exactly what people bought the battle pass for at all. Right. No. Uh, so that's a big problem. I think, I think the tally was like 40 out of 66 unlocks are, are, are literally challenge swaps. Um, which I have no, I've, I don't use. Yeah. Uh, I've 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 used them for the sake of just using them. So I'm like, oh, let me just kind of see if it gives me something 
that might be a little bit easier for me, but I, you know, but I just, I, I, I think that's, I think that's a bit of a problem. And I, I, I understand the conundrum with it, right? Because Halo is not built the way that a Call of Duty is, where you can uh, provide, you know, uh, attachments or, um, you know, all yeah. these different little things. But at the same time, there, there are ways to get around it. Even the Master Chief Collection uh, does a better job at providing a lot more rewards than, than this game does. Um, now, I think that it, to be fair, it has the benefit of of all those games in the collection and being able to give you a little something from for every game. So it's not exactly apples to apples, but I think that in in its structure, it's a little bit better and more rewarding feeling than what this is. So um, yeah, I I don't personally I, think if I'm gonna put my you know Marco Damas hat on here, I don't think that the six month strategy for Battle Pass is gonna work. I think they're going to have yeah. to go into something more quarterly, every three months instead of every or t- twice a year, because they just aren't putting enough interesting stuff in Battle Pass from what this one looks like to to be able to hold people's interest for half a year. I just don't see that working out. But um, so I think a lot of that stuff in terms of rewards is going to look better once the in-game events start. I think that'll rectify a lot of the issues with. And I also think things. I heard that. I also think I heard that the single player is going to offer some some stuff too. Um, if I you, think I think it might. Yeah, I could but, be wrong though. Be, but I think that there. I I think those events might bleed over to to single player campaign. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm talking uh, out of school here. But but the in game events those will rectify a lot of the actual award, uh, rewards that you get. Um, but. One thing you brought up that's very, I think it's a it's a very astute kind of uh, observation is they really haven't explained how this shit's going to work. Not in a right. way that is, I went back and I watched the multiplayer overview and that kind of just talked about multiplayer as the Halo, generalizing the Halo multiplayer, but didn't really specific talk about, uh, talk about this, which seems like a gross oversight. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think it might also be on purpose. They're, they're using this time... Uh, this this three week period to really look at the game and kind of uh make sure to to iron out all the kinks and using and using us as their guinea pigs, which is fine. And I think once it launches in, on eighth, I think we're gonna have a lot of information on hand exactly as how the, all these changes are going to affect Halo and what these in game events are, which is fine. But at the same time, you know, you really presented this as a hey, twenty years of Xbox, twenty years of Halo. We're giving you this early, and there's a you know there's a lot of stuff that needs to be kind of uh, fixed. So we'll see what happens once the game of quote unquote officially launches. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to oh, I do want to say that I kind of absolutely fucking hate <laughs> is okay. the fact that you get unlocks like color swaps and color schemes for individual Spartans. Right, and I fucking hate that because I unlocked this really dope ass color scheme for the Spartan class that I'm using. I go to find it, look for it, change out. I can't find it because it's on the other Spartan class that I'm not using. I get I get the helmets and the attachments, but the color schemes like that seems a little extreme. That I unlocked this dope ass color scheme for this one thing, which isn't available for the other one, for the sake of it just not being available. Like mm. the the like when you when you pick up. And I hate to bring the game up, but when, for example, Fortnite, or uh, when you unlock certain items, you can swap those items between any of the characters you pick, you know? The fact that you can't do that in Halo just seems a little, that seems like a, that seems a little weird. Like, oh, I don't want, I don't care if I unlocked 
level 17, I locked a specific color scheme that I can only use on a Spartan that I'm not using. What the fuck's that about? What reward? Who, who are you rewarding at that point? You know, you're not rewarding me. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing that that Spartan class. So that that does suck. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, you know, it, it it's. I think it's it's quite simply a reality of you know they can either sell you a color once or they can sell you a color a couple times right yeah uh, or or yeah, a no, color wave sure. you know like with the whole you know different yeah. you know setups and stuff so yeah I mean I understand that I think I think that's probably something that's going to be maybe actually less obnoxious in the future because I'm sure they'll give away free stuff and um, you know yeah. free on you know free colors for signing in on a certain day or like a you know they're usually pretty good about that so I don't think it's gonna be too much of an issue and I do think that what it will do is kind of help uh, make every Spartan unique um, so again future future forward move because uh, if you're giving everybody the same color palette then all the Spartans are going to look the same and you really can't tell the armor apart right so it's 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 probably more of a, of a nuance like that I'm not saying know, that I some, love it but I'm just saying that's probably what I don't know because some of those Spartans especially that one that's coming out the legend they look completely different from any of the Spartan classes that I've seen before well this will be uh, a big samurai looking one this will be a big test for yeah. them because the samurai has technically been done before in, in past Talos but now they have the onus and they, they they've, they've shown that they can be creative like i think the master chief collection one that's going on now or recently was like a greek god looking kind of spartan with um you know like the kind of like the the, the helmet looking type, type of thing yeah. instead of like a you know the greek helmet not like a, a chief helmet type of thing so you know we'll see how creative they can get um, but i'm hoping that they won't run out of ideas and everyone just won't look like well different type of robots you know <laughs> <laughs> They're in a uniquely, a uniquely challenging spot with that stuff because when you look at um, other games, you know, they're not... Those games, Fortnite, and even to a certain extent, Call of Duty, they're not specifically held to a, a look. Right. So you can't add, uh, I don't know, the Terminator, really, to uh, Halo, or you can't act like Indiana Jones to uh, Halo because they have to look a certain way. So that's going to be a challenging uh, thing for Halo specifically. I would hate if they just completely forego the <laughs> the, the traditional look of a, uh, of a Spartan just so they can put in you know a a pop culture uh, icon. I, I, into I can see itself. a Batman looking Spartan with the with the. I mean that's fine because that would be <laughs> that's dope that. because that would be like mixing yeah. in the actual uniform but like you right. know you can't really do or a crossover with doom obviously because now they own obviously doom. right so but you can't do like indiana jones because yeah i kind of want to see that actually i can't lie i did see the i think they have a gears of war looking thing uh, unlock deep unlock where it has the oh i don't know I it has like it. the the uh, the gears. Of, I, I, it could it could be something that isn't gears of war, but it looks like gears of war, which is like kind of like gears of war kind of skull on the actual oh, okay. Uh, visor. Okay, uh, yeah, that I kind of stuff. W- I wouldn't work. hate that. That's not that's not like, yeah. completely out of left field or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, some of my uh, you know critiques about the game. I think uh, on the gameplay side, uh, I think some of the some of the weapons kind of suck. Uh, right now, like I, I think some of the yeah. like, like the pickups uh, primarily. Yeah. There's some of them that I just I, I pick them up and I'm like, w- what use is this? Why would I use this over something True. else that I have already? Um, because I think the starting weapons are actually pretty solid. Um, I think you can you, you're more than viable with what you start with, unless you really just have a certain play style or you're looking for a certain particular advantage. Uh, but some of them, and I don't remember their names to be perfectly honest. Um, some of them aren't like that compelling to use, so I, I tend to avoid 
pickups more than more than not. Um, well, I'm, or like me, I'm like scouring the, the, the map for the pickups that I like. Uh, you know? Right, yeah. Um, I would also say that I think on the gameplay side, the fact that there's no quit penalty, especially on ranked matches, is is garbage. They have to... Whoa, there's not a quit penalty on the, no. the rank? No, which is... Which is horrendous. That 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 almost defeats the whole purpose of like placement matches and everything because people are just going to quit until they win, and that's going to be completely garbage and it's going to skew everything. So, uh, I, I think I mean obviously with like the non ranked that's totally okay. It's whatever. Um, and the bots are actually not terrible. Uh, but I do think no. that for the sake of ranked, you can't you, you can't do that. You just you can't let that that, that they fly. gotta find a happy medium between not doing nothing and doing way too much like Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, Rainbow will ban you for uh, the. The fiscal year it's done <laughs> it's <laughs> um, crazy so um moving on i think in terms of like the systems and structure of the game you know we already talked a, a good amount about the progression but did you want to jump real, in? before yeah, yeah yeah before we move on one of the things that i'm noticing with those weapons is i think the meta is in picking up the weapons in the past games the battle rifle the the side the handgun viable weapons but i don't think that they match the power weapons one for one in a lot of cases so that's going to be a problem once the mm. actual meta starts to pick up because if if we can't get a and i agree with you i think a lot of the weapons a lot of them suck uh, or or not as good as i rather have the handgun and the in the sidearm more i mean the the rifle and the sidearm more than a lot of the weapons in the game itself unless we're talking about like the needler which is like a great fucking gun to pick up but it's rarely there and yeah. often you don't see it that much um but i don't know we'll see you know um i think if you look at like the most uh when you look at the weapons in terms of like the most powerful weapons i don't even think the guns you start off with are within the top 10 i think right now it's like the spanker the sniper the energy sword uh the battle rifle the bulldog the skewer the shock rifle the commando and pulse carbine and the needler in that order. Mm. So you don't even have your starter weapons in there. So once they start picking that up on that and they start using that, you're going to start getting dominated because we're not picking up weapons. Right. So I, I hope that they fix that because uh, that, that would be weird. That sucks. I don't yeah. want loadouts like they had in the other Halo games, but I, me I neither. Want, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd rather, and especially for the ability pickups, like the the grapple hook and and you know the yeah. the up, the uppercut move, whatever that's called. Like I, I like the fact that those are pickups and not parts of like a loadout type of thing. Yeah, I love that. But I think that the grappling hook was like like extremely over talked about. You don't see it that much in the multiplayer. Like it, it's there, but it's not there as as often as I thought it would. I think they need a. I think that they've pulled back too much on it. I think it needs to be prevailing a little bit more because active camo is in almost every mode. Mm -hmm. uh, but like it, the 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 grappling, well, that's a power thing. But uh, like the, the the regular pickups, I, I don't see enough of the grappling hook, which is I, weird because they talked about it so much. Yeah, I mean, I think it would probably. I think it should probably depend on the match type, especially if it's big mm -hmm. team battle. If you need you know to traverse quicker, it's good. It's, it'd be good to see more of those on the map. So I do agree. Yeah, I think that depending on the mode, it should either be it should be a little bit more or probably tone it down because uh, you don't need it in some in some match types yeah. more than others, and it could break things if if you know if the grapple hook can grapple anything, you know, uh, that can that can kind of be a little detrimental. Um, I think that um, the consolidated playlist to me is a problem. Um, yeah, I think that's yes. got to change. I think at the very least, bare minimum. They probably need to get um, Team Slayer separated yep. from the objective-based matches. 
uh, a team player playlist. Yeah, for sure. Team Slayer. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think uh, I think that's got to happen. I don't know if there's going to be a future where they're going to separate Oddball from Capture the Flag because the challenges are so prevalent in this game. They can't afford for like the let's say the Capture the Flag playlist to be dead. Right, because yeah. if people don't want to play that mode, and, and and but you have two, three challenges that are capture the flag related, and you can't get into a full match or something, that's that's going to be a problem down the line. So I think at the very least, keep the objectives separate, keep Team Slayer separate, and see how it they goes. Will. And then you know, if you, then you can split them off more if you have to later. I I think they definitely will. I think that they're slowly trickling out a lot of challenges, and so in order to to avoid any uh, issues on that, they have everything together. But yeah. I think eventually. For sure, they'll have a team player. I think it's. I almost think it's. It's fucking sacrilegious to release a Halo multiplayer without a Team Slayer playlist. Yeah. And I think when you, when you really think about it, it's because people are just going to gravitate right to that. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But still, so, I mean, it's it's still yeah, it's it still tough because I want to play what I want to play at the same time. Like I get yeah. I get what you're trying to do three four three, but I want to I want to play what I want to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, so I want to play one more game and. I played, and, and another thing is, I, if they can't fix it, if they can't just give you play this, they should just have Team Slayer be a little bit more prevalent in, in the, in the yeah. list, because I, we'll play Capture the Flag, Capture the Flag again, Oddball, <laughs> Team Slayer, yeah, and then Oddball, it's like, oh, it just needs to be a little more prevalent in right. that case. And I, it's, it's their marquee, it's their number one, uh, you know, game mode, right. why not? Yeah, and speaking of playlist, I think it's also weird that you can't stay in a playlist post match. You have to keep like redoing, like jumping yeah. back in again. You can't just stay. Uh, I think that's kind of bizarre. I'm sure skill based matchmaking plays a part of that because they want to like continue to, to level you appropriately. But um, I just think that's more of an inconvenience that they should probably address. Um, no party based fire teams in big team battle as well. When we jumped into big team battle, we weren't in the same like fire team. At yeah, all. that was weird. That was kind of dumb. So I'm like, yeah, I, I was looking for you with all like you know the green names, and I'm like. I don't see him. I'm like, were you still in the match? It's like, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Over there. I'm like, oh, you're not even in my fire team. That's that's ridiculous. So, that's probably yeah. something. I don't know if that's an option. I, I didn't see that. As I an don't option. think so. Yeah. So they just need to get yeah. that better. Um, and I, I think overall, I mean, you know, in terms of my my takeaway so far, I think I I, I love this. I I don't know if this is going to go down as my favorite Halo multiplayer of all time. I think this is. A, I don't know. That this either. is going to be it's a, too early to say. This is yeah. It's it's going to be a long road to see how things take shape and what they do and what kind of challenges they run into. Um, but I'm really, really loving this. It's, it's, it's kicked everything else off of my multiplayer regimen, you know, for sure. And I, and I have really enjoyed yeah. Vanguard a lot. Well, um, we did. Yeah. But, I really, I liked it quite a bit, but liked. Now, past I, tense. I do wanna, <laughs> yeah. I do want to say, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, at cool down time pod, which is our Twitter page. Uh, we posted a um, the poll a poll yeah. on the best multiplayer experience. Obviously, Halo Infinite is on here. It's definitely way too early. Battlefield is on here. Definitely way too early. But we wanted to kind of get uh, uh, people to talk about this and, and kind of have a thought process behind it. Yeah. And Halo Infinite won forty five percent. Vanguard at fifteen. Splitgate at five. But Battlefield at 2042 at 35%. Only 10% lower than Halo Infinite. It was in the lead I was for telling a while, Marco, dude. <laughs> yeah. I was asking Marco, is there a way we can find out who's yeah. loading so we can call the cops on them? Because that's ridiculous. Oh, man. Get the fuck out of here. 
People, look, man, the Battlefield community is loyal to a fault, man. They, and delusional they, as a motherfucker. They wear the blinders like it's a fashion trend, bro. They don't care. And it's like, dude, if, you know, and there's a lot of bugs in that game that I didn't even know. I, I went back after uh, I talked about it in the last episode to kind of see what the community was talking about. And there's a lot of stuff wrong with that game. I mean, you literally have attachments that are supposed to improve recoil that actually make the recoil worse. Oh. You have like, what? Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm I'm baffled by y'all who voted for that. But hey, you know, judge free zone. You're you're more than welcome nah, to No, I'm not fuck that. I'm judging your ass all the way. Well, that's what I was gonna say. you you can feel how you wanna feel, you just can never participate in a poll that we do ever again. <laughs> uh, you're banned. Um but any final thoughts about Halo Infinite multiplayer uh before we uh move on, bro? Yo, it's on fucking Game Pass. Play this shit, man. Come on. It's so good. Yep, don't don't miss this. It's 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 actually a really really special uh you know Halo to, in my opinion. And got yeah and guys, three days out, three four three's already fixed some issues or attempted to fix issues. Let the game cook a little bit. Six month battle pass. Mm-mm. It's probably not gonna be the thing that's gonna work uh on a long run. But three days in, people are over here like fucking claiming like I need you to fix this free game. Right now, that I didn't pay no money for. I know they paid for the battle pass, uh, but three days, seventy-two hours into the the stretch of this game, three four three is already making changes based on player feedback. So relax. Just I'm a gonna bit. disagree with you there. I don't think you. But wait. I mean, look. Hey, look. I didn't. I didn't need to wait for Microsoft's like daily check-ins years ago with the Xbox One to know but, I didn't want look that. At, <laughs> but look at other people and the way that they fix stuff. Don't nobody's fixing games three days into it based on player feedback. And, and and here's the thing. Technically, this is a beta, you know, and you don't, they're not forcing you to buy the game, the battle pass to play the actual game itself. So what I'm saying, what all I mean by that is, this is a long road ahead. This is a 10 year plan for this game. You can be upset about how the things work, but once they put impl- and implement fixes into it and it doesn't work the way you want it to work, your entitlement doesn't matter the way you want it to work. You know, they're going to fix it. They're going to get it to the best of the, to the best way that they can get it f- for the way that they think the game should play. But I mean, I mean, they, they made changes. 20 seconds later, I swear to God, it was like 20 minutes later after I play, I played the game. You go on, there's like, fix this shit. This shit is fucking broken. This is not enough. It's like, I get it. But at the same time, they got to give them time to make those fixes. They're listening. That That's the important thing, that they are listening. Because they could just be complete blackout and shutout and just be like, shut the fuck up, enjoy the game. <laughs> but at the very least, they're, 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 they're listening to the, fe- to the effect of 72-hour turnaround to make some changes to what we were complaining about. So that there's something that that even surprised me because I said they weren't going to change this, they weren't going to do anything for a while, and they and they did make changes in seventy two hours. So wrong. I like mean, there's, there's <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's definitely that three four three is definitely keeping an eye on this. Whether or not they knew this was going to be a problem, that's that's not for me to say. But you know, they're doing something. They're they're actively engaging. Can't ask for much more than that. So, all right, man. Well, we got to move on. Um, so let's uh, let's jump into your 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 next and final game on your loadouts and uh, tell us yeah. about it. What's going on? I'll go quickly. Here's the old game, but you know, uh, on the 20 year anniversary uh, anniversary of Xbox, not only was Halo released uh, to the world, Infinite, but a whole fucking slew of backward compatible. Seventy six of them. Yep. The only two that I give a fuck about are Max Payne three and Advent Rising. Uh, and Max Payne 3, obviously, the standout. Listen, I want to kind of say this up front. Play this fucking game if you haven't played it. Play Max Payne 3. It holds up. The writing still holds up. 
In fact, I think you go toe-to-toe with any narrative game today. Like, if Max Payne were to release today, people will be talking about the writing like they talk about the Last of Us franchise writing. Like, that's how good the writing still is. Yep. Gameplay still holds up, too. It's still very satisfying gunplay. It's gruesome at times, over-the-top violence, all that bullshit. But the bullet time aspect, the momentum of gameplay, it's still pretty incredible. And uh, me and Marco definitely agree with this. The pacing of the story... I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know this hyperbole, but I think that the pacing of the story is probably some of the best pacing of of any game I've ever played. Yeah, yeah, just hundred percent. Yeah, there's it, it has know, a flow about it that just makes you never want to stop. You don't realize like how long you played this game because it's like I there's there's never a dry moment where you're not intrigued no, or interested really. or just remarking at how how realistic the characters are and, and, and how they're written. Um, yeah, and how he narrates like painfully it. Painfully so. Oh, it's so yeah. good, dude. Yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah. It's twenty bucks. I, I, it's a, it's a must-have. One of my favorite yeah. games of all time. Yeah. And the only cons that I'll have about the game specifically is that it's just a three sixty re-release. There's no next-gen boost really. I mean, there's auto HDR stuff, but that doesn't really do that much of a difference. No FPS boost, which is a shame. I think this game will really benefit from that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Rockstar, fuck, man. They can't let this series be dormant too long. I think this game is a perfect game to remaster. Not remake. Don't make me say remake to you remaster. Sure they, if, <laughs> you sure you want them remastering anything right now? I, I, literally, <laughs> have that, I, really ha, I literally have that here saying, okay. but Rockstar is not the studio to be trusted with. No motherfucking remasters. Nah, Give man. it back to Remedy. <laughs> Give it back to Remedy because that Alan Wake uh, remaster is pretty dope. Um, but yeah, play play Max Payne 3. That's all I got to say Absolutely. about that. All right, man. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our loadouts. So it is time to get into our new story that we call Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, man. We have three news stories to cover today. First of which, let's get some bad news out of the way. We got some delay alerts that were sent out to all of us about two games. First of which, Saints Row. Saints Row Reboot has been delayed due to COVID-19 related challenges during its development and is now launching on August 23rd of next year instead of its original February release to improve the game's overall quality and polish. And also, Capcom chimed in to let us know that their strange sci-fi thriller Pragmata has been pushed out to a 2023 release window. Pablo, what are your thoughts about these two delays? Saints Row delay is... A shocker to absolutely no one. Getting re- getting delayed outside of the ridiculously packed February. Um, maybe more games in that month uh, are going to be delayed too. What is a bit surprising about Tantra is that it's being delayed by half a calendar year. That's a long fucking delay. Not not, and if you include this month, December, January, it's, it's nine months total that they're adding additionally to development. Um, how do you feel about that? That seems like a huge delay when you look at it, uh, the reveal and all that good stuff and, and them being so confident about it, dropping, giving a fucking date, you know, mm-hmm. and then nine months still need to, to make the game better. Is this just them kind of like running away from February into a time period where they're not seeing a lot of game releases? Or again, did they just fall into the fucking pitfalls of relaunching a game just a little too early or promising a little too much, a little too early? I think they got a buggy game. That's what I think. Mm. I think their game is, yeah. pro- I mean, you know, for as much as I love Saints Row, it's not exactly been the smoothest of rides at times. Um, 
doesn't always come out polished out of the gate, and I think that's okay. You can put up with it, but I don't think that they want to have to tolerate that first impression, any kind of backlash, especially because this is a reboot. They want to really get this right uh, to set the franchise um, in, in a good in a good standing moving forward. So I think they understand the onus of what this means for the Saints Row IP, and they want to make sure they're giving it more time to work the kinks out. Because I'm I'm willing to bet there's probably plenty of them. Um, so. so I'm 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 cool with it though. I don't have a problem with it. L- let me ask you this. Okay. What's your confidence on Saints Row being good? Like on a scale like of one, one through five. One through five. Five very confident. One not confident at all. Like when this game uh, drops on August, was it August twenty fifth? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, when it drops August twenty fifth, do you think this game is going to be a good game? Like a, a, a game that is. You know, it feels like Saints Row, but it's it's better because it's rebooted. It's coming out in 2022, all that good stuff. What what, what do you think? Um, so here's the thing. I think in terms of story, that's where I'm the most concerned. Um, if if yeah. that doesn't feel like Saints Row and it's more hipster, you know, everyone's just kind of quippy, you know, how I am about that kind of stuff. Then I, I'm... If you're asking me about that, I am pretty concerned. I think the gameplay is going to be very Saints Row, though. So I think I'm somewhere in the middle based on those two factors. I think I'm probably at a three. I think it's going to be a solid game, but the the narrative and the characters are what I'm the most concerned about, and I haven't really been shown anything that would give me confidence that I have nothing to worry about as of right now. So I'm, I'm kind of split. Yeah. So For a quippy motherfucker, you sure hate quips. <laughs> I don't like it when I do it, man. I'm biased towards myself. Um, yeah, no, but I, it's it's a vibe. It just all yeah. feels like the kind of same thing. As for Pragmata, I don't give a fuck about that game. Like, uh, <laughs> they were they. I don't. I don't. I don't want. I have nothing to say. I mean, it, it just looks like a clone of everything Kojima has ever done, and they're trying to really. I I don't know enough about this game. To really be sad or surprised, happy or whatever the case may be for the delay itself. You think it's going to be canceled? I think it's just going to go into the, the bargain bin once it comes out. Yeah, I said it was going to be canceled. I, I don't, yeah. I, yeah. And I still think it is. I think I, I it, this game to me feels like one of those titles that got announced and, and they didn't know what this game was actually going to be. I, I, yeah. I, I, it, it, there was nothing about it. And, and if we knew... It, we would have known something about what kind of game this would have been by now, even if it was still going to get delayed. Yeah. There would have been some type of information drip about like, okay, it's more of a this than that. Um, anything than everything that we've learned about this game has been very, very subtle and nothing very like yeah. in your face. This this is what this game is. And I think that that to me never sat right. So yeah. I don't know. We, I don't know what this game has in store for us. I don't even know if this game's coming out. Yeah, but we've seen this before where a lot of games get hype up front with their announcements and they release to like a fucking, you know, a, a, a splendid thud. Like nobody even talks about it when it releases. And I think this is going to be one of those games. I think if it was going to get canceled, they wouldn't even talk about it. Like they wouldn't even mention a delay. They would just kind of stay quiet and then eventually release, you know, some kind of press release about it being canceled. I think that they, you know, they made a lot, plenty of waves, enough waves to to garner some kind of interest in the game. But we've seen this before many times. A game is, is shown, uh, it is revealed, everybody's hype, nobody hears about it for years, and then it comes out and it's like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this game is out. Mm-hmm. It's garbage. Yeah, so, I, I think the fact that it's, this is Capcom is also a factor, too, because they've been on a pretty good stride, but it's been with established franchises. They, 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 don't, yeah. they don't typically do a, a, a ton of new IP. So I think it's probably, you know, 
a little, I would imagine, probably a bit of a challenge for them uh, because they're so yeah. used to, you know, the Resident Evil formula, the Devil May Cry formula, the, uh, you know, Street Fighter formula. You know, they, they know their lanes. Uh, for sure. So this is a different thing for them. And I wonder if they just don't really know what they want to make this game about. Um, but we'll see what happens when we find out, I guess, in a year. <laughs> So, uh, great. Um, now moving on to our next story, uh, boy, the Activision Blizzard, Hmm. uh, nightmare continues, uh, Pablo, a day after Activision Blizzard employees staged their second walkout to call for CEO Bobby Kotick's resignation, a group of Activision Blizzard shareholders have officially asked for Kotick's resignation Uh, in a letter to the company's board of directors. The walkout and the letter from shareholders follows an article from the Wall Street Journal that says that Kodak was aware of sexual misconduct allegations at the firm, did not form his uh, board of directors about it. There was even um, news that that he had even threatened to kill somebody. Um, Yep. And so uh, the back... Kill somebody? Straight murder. Um, so, and, and no res from, from mercy, uh, in overwatch either. <laughs> uh, it's a terrible joke. So, uh, you know, and, and also now we're starting to see the involvement of Sony and Microsoft, uh, in terms of Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer respectively, uh, sharing their thoughts because at some point this does trickle down and affect them. You know, they are, you know, they, they yeah. are, uh, you know, housing those games. They are working out marketing arrangements and deals, uh, with but- this guy and, it's it's you know now they have to kind of take a stance to to support this yeah but this is actually and we talked about this as well this is this is kind of a more of a widespread issue because jim ryan came out talked about it uh you know taking a stance against this abhorrent behavior however and within his own first party studios there have been claims of you know of misconduct within insomnia games and that's it's a thing that came out last year right that me myself i shared it with marco because i didn't even know about it that's how much that's how little people are talking about it uh so there's a, there's a little bit of a hypocrisy there so this bobby Kotick uh, thing is going to really uh really stretch out and affect a lot of other companies in a lot of different ways but as for bobby Kotick, as a recording today he is still ceo what the fuck? That yeah. is absolutely in. Who, who? What does he have on these motherfuckers? Like, cause I don't even. I I've seen people get fired for less. You know, the fact that all this shit is on him. You know, it's on his back. Whether or not he was directly involved in any of the things happening, it was done under his leadership. He knew about it and did nothing about it. That's enough. That's enough to get your ass fucking fired. But nope, not him. Not only is he kind of like sticking to it, but like his 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 underlings are are, are still sticking with him. Yeah. You know? Even though the board of uh, the board wants him out, he's uh old Bobby K is still running hard there. Like, yeah, get him the fuck out of there. You know. Yeah, it, it's just a shame because th- this issue should have been resolved a while ago. Uh, it, it shouldn't have come to this point in the first place. I mean, obviously, uh, even before this report about Kodak came out, you 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 had to believe that he knew what was going on. You can't you yeah. can't claim to have your head under the sand, you know, for that long to not see any of the things that were reported. So it was already obvious that he was he was hand waving and, and kind of burying a lot of this stuff. Um, but the but fact now that you have like you know people out actually saying right confirming exactly so now now it's at a point where it's like I, I, 
truthfully, I think he's probably got about a week to two weeks before he ends up resigning. I, I don't I don't think he can stand his ground here. It, it's getting to the point where Activision is going to have some real strained relationships with Sony and Microsoft because Microsoft and Sony are not going to want any type of blowback for, you know, hand waving. Okay, so I disagree because of a very specific reason. If Activision was this nobody, Activision Blizzard was this nobody developer that had all these issues, okay, but you're you're talking about Call of Duty and you're talking about these Blizzard games. I think what Bobby Kotick is thinking is that he's going to stand his ground for the simple fact is that are these studios, is Xbox, is Sony really going to not release our games next year? Not the next Call of Duty, not the next thing. I Here's the thing. I think in a perfect world, they wouldn't, but... That's just not true. They're, even today, even throughout the year, they're, you know, they're, they're still releasing games by dozens and dozens of other studios who have these horrible allegations against them, like Quantic Dreams, all that stuff. That's not going to stop them from the higher-ups, the corporations stopping them from making money. So I think that's where the mindset is at. I think it would be incredible and fantastic if Sony and Xbox took a real stand and say, hey, if this guy's not out, we're not releasing any more of these games. We're taking them off the store or some shit like that. That would really put pressure on absolutely taking them out. Would they do that? I, I, that has yes. nothing to do with Jim Ryan or I'll Phil. I'll say yes. As, I don't think so. I, 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 that, I don't think it has anything to do with Jim Ryan or Phil as people. I think it's the corporation in which they work for. Japan is not going to take out... Uh, games like like that especially games that are like uh, make them money and xbox not gonna do it on a corporation especially you know i don't know what i don't know what the corporations in terms of look like in japan but in america it's money first anything everything else secondary i've never there's no precedence for this like where where do you think like this would never happen but but what, what i don't understand is what does sony and microsoft stand to lose well i mean it's not their game foremost yeah, but still, they make money from these purchases. Yeah, from I mean, the they're, they're making a and percentage. Especially when you look at Call of Duty being the best-selling game year in and year out. They have a lot to lose in terms of money. Maybe, you I, know. Yeah, but I don't think, I think that this is this is taking the kind of turn where it's not going to be about money anymore. It's not even about money to the shareholders who were originally backing Kodak uh, for, for a few this, days. But these issues have been it, out, it's, though. It doesn't matter, though. I, it, the, the PR hit is 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 more costly in terms of reputation than any percentage they can lose from not having Call of Duty so. on the store. I, no, I disagree. I mean, look at even no call even now Call of Duty being the 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 uh, having in in terms of like not selling as better the other one still on pace to be the best selling game of the year. I I honestly don't think I I honestly don't think that I I think that Bobby Kotick will be, you know, eventually will leave the company because it's going to be too much heartache. But I think that's where his mindset is, that shitty mindset. But I, there's no precedence ever for this to have happened. And they have a lot to lose as a company in terms of, like, uh, you know, software uh, sales within their consoles themselves. It, money runs everything, and it's horrible. And it's tra- I'm not agreeing with it in any way, shape, or form. I don't think it's the right thing to do. I, I In a perfect sure. world, I would love for them to, to, to actually take a stand, you know? But the only time we've seen this happen was with Sony when they took out Cyberpunk. And the reason they did that anyway is because the game was fucking broken and Cyberpunk had a marketing deal with Xbox anyway. So there was the kind of like, you know, they didn't, weren't gaining much from it anyway. But Call of Duty, 
you know, specifically Call of Duty. I I think that they gain. There's too much to lose there oh, uh, I, because this isn't new. This this information is not new. Activision Blizzard stuff has been going on for at least another, a year and a half, and they're still releasing games on these platforms when nothing has really been done. Yeah, you know, you've got Jen O'Neill leaving again, the this, company. We're in it. We're now it's hitting mainstream. Now it's not it's not buried away mm-hmm. in in the gaming arena. It's it's bigger than that. And I think that the mere threat of having two console manufacturers saying even just the threat of saying we'll pull your game listen uh microsoft and sony might say ouch but activision will bleed if if it comes to that so i if if i I think from a business standpoint it doesn't really it doesn't really it doesn't help anybody for activision to actually bleed money because they make the best-selling software for each of their platforms so look again this isn't me talking in terms of like backing these companies or decisions. It's just that's just the way corporations have worked forever. I mean, there's been there, I mean, look at look at Weinstein in, in the movie world. Like this guy's raping women out here and they're still releasing his movies. You know, it's it it's it's all about the bottom line. Now, if Call of Duty bombed and they weren't making a lot of money or it falls off the face of the earth, and, and Activision is not releasing games, like they've delayed all these games till 2023, then yeah, if they have nothing to gain, they'll do it as a, as a, as a, as a point of, you know, like you said, like social aspects of it. But ultimately, there's no way in the holiday season, within the next three months, that Xbox or Sony pulls away from this. And I totally disagree. There's no fucking way they will do it. There is no fucking One of way them is that gonna they're going to go into Christmas holiday season without ho- without Xbox. That's not the problem. Uh, Listen, the, without the, the, the discs are still, the discs are still in the stores. People can still go yeah, buy the games. Yeah, but the software. The, but you know how digital is is it it, taking matter. over. You it know, does, this is I I understand where you're coming from. You, you you're looking at this from a business standpoint, and and any other time that's you, all it is at the end of the day. I understand, but any other time you would be right. But this is getting into moral territory of of what you're what you're essentially letting a company still profit by doing right. on, on, on this, your time and in in your in your domain and and that's this not isn't okay the first company who's done who's done dirt and not being punished sales wise there's they, i mean this, it's literally dude, it's been, but it's been is, like that for like a decade this is unprecedented though this is totally uh, unprecedented this is this is beyond like okay one case this is about an entire like decades at, of a of a culture that has been brought but to light. Look at Ubisoft. Ubisoft has had the same amount of shit thrown at them, if not even worse in some aspects with with the pregnant ladies and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And nobody's talking about them because their CEO is whatever Gimon has been, you know, from what we've seen, separate from this. But the head of a company doesn't matter if he knew or didn't know the fact that ubisoft is still doing dirt and they're still selling games up the ass and just releasing games and nobody's talking about uh, about them the way they're talking about activision you know i i just i think ultimately for me uh i would love i would love it if they pull games from like fuck you guys for for being total and complete pieces of shit but there's just no there's no way i don't see it i will be completely shocked if going into christmas you cannot buy call of duty 
on your Xbox or PlayStation. It's not happening. I, I would bet my fucking life on that. It's not happening. <laughs> All right. There's no way. You know how there's you are with no bets. Way. You know how you are with bets in, 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 in me. There's but we'll no see. Way, man. Well, let, let's, but, but no it, all jokes aside, let, let's hope it doesn't even come to that point. Let's hope. No, that absolutely. I hope he's get out, the fuck out of there. Yeah. He's out in the next five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, uh, let's hope it's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we got to, sure. we got to move on. We got to move on. So let's, uh, let's, let's jump into the third and final hit point topic here. Uh, game awards are coming around on December 9th. Uh, the live event is coming soon and all of the nominees for all of the award categories have been revealed. Pablo, we're not going to get into all of them on an item by item breakdown, um, but no. are, what are your overall thoughts about the nominees and or uh, the system in which they're able to be nominated? Because a lot of discussion has obviously you know yeah, come yeah. up in the last couple of days with with you know games that people felt were snubs uh, and so on. So does anything stand out about any of the nominations? And how do you feel about the whole system of the TGAs? Well, I kind of want to. Uh, I'll go through some stuff that I thought was a great surprise for me. Uh, Psychonauts two getting five nominations, which is great. Uh, it takes two getting five. Uh, getting five nominations. Uh, Last Judgment being completely shut out. I know it's a long a stretch, yeah, but man, I wasn't surprised. It, it just further. I was disappointed. Yeah, it other, it, but. It, <laughs> But it still further illustrates the narrow-mindedness of the nomination process. That they're not, you know, they're not going outside of the scope of mainline games to really look at what great games came out this year. Uh, I'm glad that the committee didn't shy away from giving Cyberpunk its its flowers. Uh, certain categories like music and best RPG well deserved. I, you know, people uh, crazies on Twitter and VG and, and video game pundits love shitting on Cyberpunk. It seems the only thing that they uh, they agree on. Uh, it's bullshit. Cyberpunk is a fucking great game, and I think it deserved to uh, be nominated in those categories. Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy being nominated four Gaddians. times is great. Guardians, one of the Guardians. Guardians. <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy being nominated four times is great, but again, that goes to show what exactly is happening here. Because a game like um, what Metroid Dread is only nominated for Game of the Year, I think. Yeah, yeah for Game of the Year, and how did it? How did it get? that nomination when Mar Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy got four nominations across the board. Not saying that Metroid is bad. It's fucking great. But, you know, it's just a weird process. Uh, lots of love and for uh, in terms of, like, when Monster uh, Hunter Rise came out and it only got nominated for Best Multiplayer Game. What the fuck? Um, yeah. And what else? Uh, and, again, the most anticipated category the shows further absolutely pointless. It's a pointless category. You're giving an award to the death team for not releasing a game based on potential accomplishments <laughs> on the same stage that you're giving awards to other devs for their actual accomplishments. What the fuck? And then ultimately the biggest, you know, conversation that we're having here is no um, no Forza Horizon 5 game of the year. Uh, let me ask you this. Within the realm of what you see here in terms of nominations, does it deserve a nomination? As game of for the game year? of the year. Oh, yeah. oh, 100%. It's the best game of the year. I mean, you know, by Metacritic and Opencritic standards. Yeah. So here's the thing that I don't understand. So they talk about, well, we don't have a lot of time with, with it in terms of like a nomination process. But how did it get nominated for two categories and not game of the year category? So are, are they saying, are they admitting that they just put uh, Forza Horizon 5 in the racing category without actually giving you a lot of time to even know if it's actually a good racing game, even though we know it is. Right. But wh how is this committee working? And that's the main issue. How exactly are these motherfuckers going about the nominations when you have so many inconsistencies from the top to the bottom? You know, and again, Metroid Prime, uh, Metroid Dread, 
You love that game. Everybody who loves Metroid loves that game. I'm not a Metroid fan, and anybody who says that Metroid fan Metroid is not one of the better games of the year, I don't respect that opinion because of how many people I respect about their opinions, how much they love the game. No nominations anywhere else, yet it got Game of the Year nomination. It's like, what's what's the process here? You know, yeah. is it representation? Got to have the Nintendo representation. What is happening here? Um, so what do you think? I think a few things. I think number one is I think that this could potentially be one of, if not the last, the last TGA that we'll see in this type of structure, but both behind the scenes and up front, because I think... It, it, it wasn't as obvious in, in past years as it is now that there's something kind of critically wrong with the entire process of nominations, including, um, you know, the cutoff date. I, yeah. I, I think it is fundamentally absurd that a game that comes out in the 2021 calendar year cannot be a nominee for a, a video game award if it, if it, if it misses yeah. a deadline. This, the, the, listen, I don't know if I'm going to say this the right way or backwards, but... The, okay, the, the gaming industry does not revolve around the TGA's calendar. It should be the other way around. The TGA's yeah. should revolve around the gaming industry's calendar. If you are creating an event that is going to highlight and celebrate and recognize the best games of a year, every game that comes out in that said year should qualify. Period. End yep. of story. Because what ends up happening is games like, okay, Halo Infinite's going to be the prime example of this, right? Crazy. It is going Crazy. to be missed now and it's going to feel like a, a huge gaping void okay and then next year for for next year's tgas it's going to be an afterthought because it's not going to be the hotness that other games that come out next year will be so it's probably yeah. going to get tucked away as like best action game or something or best multiplayer shooter multiplayer. right um instead of getting a, a real nod that it deserves because it's not the most relevant uh, it's not it's not the, the new hotness, the new headline. So I think that just from a, a fundamental standpoint, that stuff has to change. Um, in terms of Forza, I don't think there's anything to really say about that other than it's just it, it's just completely trash. And I think that it speaks to the committee not being seasoned enough with different genres of games to to give this game the kind of you know credit and, and, and um, recognition it deserves. I can. I don't know who exactly this mystery committee is, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if a lot of them don't play racing games and just saw this game and said, oh, you know, I'm sure it's great, but I I didn't play it because I don't play racing games. And so it just missed the boat it, because of that. It's just a whole bunch of outlets. I think that they have them on the website, but it's like a whole bunch of outlets. It's like IGN. It's even like influencers, and they give them a certain amount of votes. Uh, but, you know, it... it I don't know. I don't know how you go about representation throughout, but like it is weird that you're gonna get one of the best racing games of all time. Some some claim it to be the best uh, racer and of all time, just the highest rated game of the year. Just just yeah, that, just that, <laughs> and and it not be nominated. I I think that I don't. I do. I, I think you make a good point in terms of it. It should probably come out next year. The game awards, like January. Know? Beginning of next year. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I think that the main issue here is that Geoff, Geoff, Jeff Keighley, Geoff Keighley, you know, I, I think this is his, 
Trojan horse for kind of the the G, the Jeff Keighley show, you know, and I think he kind of loves the fact that he's getting these exclusive trailers and whatnot. Um, but ultimately, if you're like you said, we had the conversation through text. If you're going to come to this with the premise of it being an award show, you should probably have some of the biggest games of the year, like Halo, show up in some capacity. Because you're right, the fact that that game is not at all going to be in this year's game uh, game of the year awards. Is absolute lunacy in just about every conceivable yeah. fucking way. And I think that uh, the other know. thing I would say is I think some of the categories have to go. I don't know if we really need four different esports categories. I, I think we can probably come up with something more cr- creative yeah. than that. I mean, nothing against the esports and community. A lot of vague, but it's like, vague stuff like games for impact. Like, yeah, what does that what even exactly mean? Does that mean? Yeah, and and like you know, um, esports coach of the year, like. I, <laughs> I don't know. What? They like, all what are you look, talking about. So here's will, here's four scrawny say, guys with these like jerseys that don't fit. <laughs> Who looks like the least douchiest? I'll vote for him. You know. <laughs> yeah. He, I, I will say this. Uh, the one time that I can remember that they that this kind of repeated itself was in 2018 when Super Smash Bros. Ultimate came out in December and missed the deadline. It wasn't in the 2018, you know, video game, uh, the Game Awards. It was in 2019, and it did get nominated for Game of the Year. Uh, it just didn't win. I think that year, that, what won that year? Was it Control? Uh, I don't even I don't know. remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't fuck. Oh, Sekiro uh, mm. won that year. Uh, but, you know, I think if this game were to have come out, if Super Smash Bros. were to came out that year, I think there's a good chance that it could have won. You know, because yeah. uh, that is a fantastic fucking game. But I don't know. It's 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 it's, <laughs> yep. it's a weird thing. The only thing more hysterical than this is Deathloop being nominated for best narrative. <laughs> what narrative? Yeah, on- what? Honestly, that's fucking bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? Just Juliana it, yeah. being erratic on the on your controller speaker is narrative of the year. What are we talking about? Yeah, I, um, and I think she also got nominated. The, the Juliana actually both of them did. Colt and Juliana, yeah. Colt definitely deserved it, but Juliana, man, I that was chalkboard that was a tough performance for me. Chalkboard yeah. status. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and uh, get into our checkpoint chat. It's time for the checkpoint chat. Now, as promised, we are going to continue our end of year coverage by giving an analysis, an end of year review for Nintendo. So, uh, much like last week's episode, we're going to follow the same type of pattern. We're going to do highs, lows, and give you our grade and conclusions about how we felt Nintendo did throughout 2021. Um, Pablo, this was a really interesting year for nintendo uh in some good and some pretty bad ways but we'll definitely get into it here and let's let's start with the positives um and i think the best place to start um is is definitely looking back on you know super smash brothers brothers ultimates uh dlc uh the continued support that that lasted uh through uh this year and uh, its final send off and goodbye with uh, you know Sakurai kind of finishing his his uh, immense and incredible work on this game. Um, as a, as a Smash lover yourself, um, how impactful was you know uh, Smash Ultimate's you know end you know route this year? And what do you think about just overall how how amazing this game was uh, from its launch to completion? Yeah, I mean it's it's a rare feat 
um, because of how many characters were available and, and how many characters were introduced. And they might not all have been great characters, but the, the, the thing is here is the constant and consistent support that they gave this game. And the love that they gave this game throughout. And the way, you know, the final send-off, making believers out of us who were just <laughs> a couple of days before saying, if it's Zora, we riot, you know, like, we just, it wasn't for us. But just kind of seeing the, the passion behind Sakurai and what he really, you know, this is the thing he wanted. And, and you know, kind of underestimating fans of, of the genre, fans of, of, of Smash, and also of um, Kingdom Hearts, how this is such a big deal for them, it kind of, you know, changed our, our, our tune a little bit. And so, it's fantastic. It's 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 a bittersweet moment for me, because I, I'm, I'm in the mindset of thinking that maybe they'll have more characters down the line, but everything Sakurai has said after, if they do more, it'll just be a new game. So, you know, It'll be tough to follow in that sense, but that was the was one of the highlights of the year. And honestly, you know, it would have been a highlight of the year regardless of what games we would have gotten this year because it was it was it was great. It was a great standoff. Yeah, man, Sora Peter panned his way right into my heart. I didn't even expect yeah, it. Man. He just drifted in, floated in. I still haven't forgotten. That's one of my you know favorite moments of 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 the year to be honest, gaming wise. Just that yeah, trailer yeah, yeah. alone. Um, just a, a special you know goodbye and something that I know meant. Uh, just as much to you know, Sakurai as the Kingdom Hearts fans. So that was yeah. a really nice way to kind of put a bow on everything this guy has worked so hard to do, and his team, obviously, just incredible stuff, dude. And and I love how unapologetic he is about things he loves putting him in this game because he is a fan of um, Kingdom Hearts and also a fan of Fire Emblem. And when you look at Fire Emblem, hey, it was like 900 Fire Emblem characters, get but he's it. like, fuck you, this is my motherfucking game. You're get all and emblems. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a testament to kind of his passion for it. This is not just, you know, this is not just game development for him. This is really a, an actual true passion for him and, and things he loves. He wants to put them in his game because he takes big ownership of, of, of Smash Brothers. And so I can't wait to see more down the line. I am content with 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 Ultimate Four as long as it's going to be you know relevant in 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 terms of the Smash Brothers world uh, until the next one. If there is a next one, if not, this was a fantastic last game of the series, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm I'm good if we don't get another one. I mean. What else could you want, you know? Yeah. I, let me ask you this. Maybe this is an easy yes or no. Is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate the most ambitious game ever made? I think it's the most ambitious fighting game ever made. Well, yeah, of um, course. But I, yeah, how do you I, feel about it I, I think, at overall? Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, you, you got every single player that's ever... Every single character that's ever been in the franchise. Uh, and... and, and they brought them back. They added new ones. And, you know, Smash Brothers has done a thing where they've changed, uh, not fundamentally, but in very real ways, the way the game plays in, in fighting. Like when you look at Mortal Kombat, when you look at Street Fighter, they're pretty much equal. There's certain things like, you know, supers and, and finishers that they add here and there. But Smash Brothers throughout the, throughout the generation of different games faster some are slower you know you got fans of of different versions of the game and i think that ultimate literally is that the ultimate version it takes all those things and makes it into this one collection gameplay wise it isn't the fastest but it isn't the slowest it's somewhere in the middle has all the characters and yeah i i think it's an absolute accomplishment because this could have the vision for this game was so grandiose that it had to hit it from day one and, they, and it did and if they could have got a lot wrong 
with balance. And, and if with, they did, like, you this know. Sakurai's entire vision for this game could have fucking fell flat in the first month of its release. And the fact that it didn't, you know, is a testament to him himself. Yeah. I, I, it's, 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 it's absolutely amazing what they did with this game. And I, you know, again, if they don't make another one, that's great. I, you know what I kind of want? I want next generation of, of consoles, the Switch Pro, Switch 2, whatever it is, to re- release Ultimate with better graphics, but leave everything else Yeah, I don't think they have to do much to reinvent the wheel. At, at all. I really don't, you know? yeah. All right. Um, so moving on, another high. Uh, this is more in my wheelhouse than yours, but still yeah. in general terms. Metroid Dread mm-hmm. was an incredible comeback, in my opinion. Uh, th- this was a franchise that was, was uh, extremely dead <laughs> and dormant for a long time. Uh, the, the new Metroid Prime game gets delayed indefinitely and, and completely rebuilt from the ground up. There was no telling when we were going to get anything Metroid, let alone even right. just a, you know, a, a remaster of the Prime trilogy. Uh, and so, lo and behold, we get you know the the a full blown sequel, Metroid Five, uh, out of this, and and boy was it great, um, absolutely astoundingly good. Um, can easily make an argument that it's the best Metroid uh, ever made, uh, which is is no easy feat at all. Um, whether it's the best Metroidvania of all time, I think is a bit more of a discussion. Uh, still, I think Hollow Knight has something to say. Um, I think Castlevania Symphony of the Night has something to say, but uh, all in all, this was an outstanding, outstanding game. I think it's still very bittersweet because it's it's just not it, it's not what people want on the Nintendo end of the spectrum. It it, it sold yeah. pretty good, but it's just not the talk of the town, and it totally deserves it. I think there's a lot of reasons yeah. for that. I think it's it's Nintendo sci-fi, which is a very weird uh, beast compared to their other IP. I think it's a very tough game. It's it's actually pretty hard, um, and that's not family friendly or family focused like their other franchises can be. Not to say that like Breath of the Wild is a is a family game per se, but um, it, it's it's more accessible. Whereas this game really puts you in 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 a, a mindset of I got to figure out where I am. I got to figure out the puzzle of this room, this area, this how to find this ability, how to beat that boss, uh, and and that's a lot for a Nintendo game. So it's very unconventional. Um, but I think still yeah, also great. Nintendo. I think Nintendo's also done it to themselves by not consistently releasing Metroid games. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they put this in a position where it's very rare to see a new Metroid uh, game. You know, you you get Zelda's uh, often enough. You get Mario anything very frequently, but the fact that Metroid, you know, even with Prime or just the regular Metroid uh, games, how far and few between we get them puts them in a position where. You know they're not out there as much, and yeah. so when they do come out, it's still a hard sell for a lot of people. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting to see um, how they prioritize the Metroid franchise moving forward. I mean, obviously, there's still yeah. Metroid Prime, you know, four coming, which is still good. Um, but what they do beyond that, I'm going to be very curious about because I I just don't I I can't get a good read on their commitment to it um, overall. You know, I'm glad they brought this game back, yeah. but that you know. It doesn't exactly guarantee anything in terms of this this IP's future. So hopefully, yep. hopefully this is the start of a good domino effect for for the Metroid IP, and more people can start to get uh, interested in it and try it out. But um, still, in all, amazing game. Um, now, it was a, a bit of a you know, I guess 
I wouldn't say it was a dry year per se uh, for, for the Switch in terms of, of, of exclusive releases, releases, but there were yeah. a solid amount of, of, I would say, good mid-tier uh, exclusives uh, that, that uh, I think were good. An eclectic mix yeah, of yeah. Do you games, still have I that list? You can can you rattle off that, that list? Yeah. Um, I have here uh, Bowser's Fury. Oh, uh, uh, right, yeah. Bravely Default 2, mm-hmm. uh, Monster Hunter Rise, New Pokemon Snap, Mario Golf Super Rush, Skyward Sword HD, No More Heroes 3, Metroid uh, Dread, Mario Party All-Stars, and Shin Megami Tensei 5 is the, the main kind of uh, first-party games that released, uh, which is, you know, a great list of games, but a lot of those games, Bravely Default, Monster Hunter Rise, Pokemon Snap, No More Heroes 3, Metroid Dread, and uh, uh, Shin Megami Tensei are very niche games product games like games that are not necessarily as big as let's say uh bowser's fury would be or mario party also is going to end up being right. or a, a zelda game so yeah yeah i mean I, I still think it was you know mostly a positive for them just to be able to have some some unique experiences that were exclusive even if they weren't marquee titles per se it was nice to be able to turn on the switch and say oh you know a new no more heroes drop that's that's kind of dope um you know I, I haven't gotten around to a lot of those games yet because i've just been you know busy with other stuff and obviously you know halo and stuff like that but um you know some of those games i'll definitely circle back to if they're on sale at some point down the line but um i still think it was nice uh, i just wish that there was you know what kind to get into that maybe a little bit later i just wish there was more of a of a, of a dominant marquee first party presence this year uh overall um but i will say yeah. you know i think in terms of of this year it was nice to get some you know updates and even some new reveals on the bigger ips uh, speaking of which a lot like sony futures uh promise <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean games like bayonetta 3 uh you know obviously the the sequel to breath of the wild kirby splatoon even advance wars uh you know which was a, a pretty surprising comeback um i, I felt like that, that those showings were all pretty nice and, and were it was nice to see how things were coming along uh with the mm-hmm. nintendo pipeline how do you feel about it yeah i mean look uh th- <laughs> you're not gonna find anybody more excited for the next Zelda game than me, and that's that's at this point that's all I need the Switch to exist for is for Breath of the Wild two, uh, but you know with that you get some added great games, added bonuses. That Kirby game looked awesome, you know, surprisingly uh, it good, looked really yeah. good. Uh, Bayonetta three, fantastic. One and two were absolutely great. Splatoon, love Splatoon. Advance Wars, I'm not a huge fan of, but one of the things that we always have to remember when it comes to Nintendo is that they have a lot of games that they keep in their pocket. Yeah, um, yeah. One of the things that they've talked about recently, or, or not talked about them specifically, but has leaked, is that apparently the remastered uh, slash remake uh, of Metroid Prime, the first one, is already complete. So, you know, that's a potential game that's coming. Metroid Prime 4 is a game that's potentially coming soon hereafter. So there, 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 there are games, the future for... Uh, for Nintendo, it looks super bright in that in that way, and I'm really excited to see what they bring uh, coming next year and the years after. Uh, my only concern is we'll get into it here in a little bit. Is what am I going to be playing this on? And is Breath of the Wild two going to run well? Is Bayonetta three? That's the thing that always kind of brings me back down to earth. No matter how exciting well, excited I am about a yeah. game, the actual playing of that, 
how is this game going to run? And that is concerning. Yeah, me. I mean, let's let's jump right into that now. I'm tired of being nice. Anyway, yeah. so let, let's let's just get right into the lows. And and yeah, that's. Let, let, I want to say it was super so hard to pick up highs. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're talking inside baseball, like I was scraping. I'm scraping like, for for positives. Here. Like the exclusive release list that could have gone either way for Oof. us. Um, yeah, the Metroid Dread absolutely a great high. The 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 Super Smash Brothers absolutely a great high. But let's put that in context. We're talking about DLC for a two year old game right. as a high for a game. <laughs> exactly. And then the reveals and updates for IP those all look great. But Zelda might potentially be moved back to 2023. You know how much confidence do we have in a Kirby game? Bayonetta <laughs> yeah. might be pushed back to 2023. Splatoon's gonna be fantastic and what else are they gonna bring i don't know <laughs> yeah so it's it, i just turned all those highs into fucking lows it's, man. it's a shame when the, one of the better parts of 2021 is what's not coming out in 2021 it's like <laughs> jesus so all right let, let's let's get let's get ugly. you got a nintendo fan screaming on the top of the lungs crying yeah buh, buh, buh. no no we're not doing it so yeah to your point let's go back to game performance that is and i think and i think you know the game performance mixed with the 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 lack of a switch pro which was rumored and is still rumored and it, it, you know you just can't put that rumor away at all the fact that we didn't get anything on the switch pro side announced to us and instead we got this oled edition which doesn't move the needle in any real direction um it just it's so frustrating dude because to your point, these games are barely hitting HD. They're running at like 20 frames per second at best. I mean, No More Heroes 3 literally has come out, and I think it's at like 340p? Like, yeah. what are we talking about? Why Why would I want to spend 50 or 60 bucks on a game that's not even HD yet? I, I On our Instagram, at uh, Cooldown Time Podcast, I, I put a, a joke. You know, post up like I'll wait for the HD remaster. Like this is insane. <laughs> like it's just that the value proposition next to the performance quality that you get from these games, it, it does not line up. I mean, even games that are no. trying to be ambitious, like uh, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five, it's like you know hesitating to get to like twenty five FPS and and looks blurry as hell. It's like th- this is like enough is enough. And I'm shocked that we did not get a Switch Pro. I understand supply chain stuff has been a big challenge across sure, sure, the board. Sure. COVID-19 but we got OLED but yeah but we got OLED though like so nah this is this is not cool man it's just hard yeah. to want to buy games on this system dude it really is and we could all and we could only judge them off of what they what they've actually released I mean I'm sure that supply chains have changed the way that they're approaching it and maybe the Switch Pro is not going to become the Switch 2 or the Super Switch whatever you want to call it but that's not <clears throat> that's not <laughs> to sound kind of heartless it's not our problem like mm-hmm. you got you, you I'm going to I'm going to judge you what you, uh, off of what you gave me and you gave me an OLED screen which is technology from like a decade ago <laughs> and you're selling it to me because it has deep blacks not racist listen i i just it's it just <laughs> Oh, no. I, it, that's literally one of the selling points. It's a deep black screen. Blacks never looked more black than this. Yeah, you know, there's the blackity blackness of all the blacks you've ever seen in the whole. And that world. and like not a, that and like thing. the neons really pop. Everything pops better. Everything pops so much. Pops, pops. Like yeah, you know they bundled it with with dread, which has has a lot of neon trim and stuff like that. But I got so tired of hearing about the blacks look so great and the pops are so pops. Like what? This is not enough. <laughs> what is happening? This is not enough. Like and and it's it's especially you know. 
even worse for people that play docked. Like, it doesn't even matter at all. Like, how about the how about the TV experience? At all. So it, it's just it's, and then it's it sucks, dude. And then the obvious, you know, what this was supposed to be because the dock has 4K capabilities, you know, yeah. uh, within its actually uh, frame. So it's like, okay, so this was supposed to be something else. Ridiculous. <sighs> Speaking of ridiculous, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but the N64 online expansion uh, to their, uh, their, their paid service, uh, whether it's price or quality, has been um, pretty shameful overall. Um, I mean, games don't even emulate right. Um, effects are wrong. Input lag is bad. Sound is bad. I mean, in almost every way you can get this wrong, it's wrong. And it's mm-hmm. it, and it's been a few weeks since this stuff has been out, and it's like, ain't nobody talking about it. Ain't nobody complaining. There's no. There's nothing you know, being addressed in an outward fashion by Nintendo to say, hey, we are actively, at least not from what I've seen. So it's just like, here, take it. You already paid for it. We'll update it when we can. We'll give you games when we want to. You have no pipeline to look forward to. You have no idea when you're going to get the next thing. It's just this mysterious, ambiguous, poor-performing junk that really does a disservice to those classics. How do you feel? I solidify my commitment to being a super fan of Zelda on my skin in permanent ink. I love did that. Zelda Ocarina of Time. I love that game. And I, I've i never, ever, for half a second, even been tempted to spend money to play, Breath, uh, to play Ocarina of Time, which I would love to replay that game on my Switch because of the way it's an absolute horror horrible version of that game i don't want to play that game in five frames per second when water <laughs> looks like concrete and you know it's it, 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 it's a ridiculous it, it's such a and i don't even understand how they did this like this is a thing that people wanted for a long time did they just put it together in the final hour i mean i don't understand how they fucked this shit up so royally when when this is one of the most anticipated uh, catalogs to have come out to the systems, specifically because of Ocarina of Time and, and other games that, that, that are coming out with it. So I don't understand how they're going to compete. For example, when you look at the Rare um, rare Replay, you know, and they have uh, another one of my favorites, Jet Force Gemini, which, you know, widescreen, they, they've really up, up, up-res yeah. the game. How's that gonna look when it comes out? If it comes out on the N64 online expansion, if they don't fuck with the with the emulation, it's gonna look horrible. But like, how? How is it that you have the N64 online expansion coming out on a on a console that is 20 years after the fact of the Nintendo 64, and that game it, it struggles to look as good as the Nintendo 64 version? Are you insane? Yeah, it's dude. fucking ridiculous. And it's like fucking ridiculous. And it's also like you know just no respect to your own ecosystem. We said this when, you know, when it first came out with all these problems, it's like, this is how you treat your classics. This is the way that you, you know, this is, it's not even just in terms of the quality. It's, it's, this is how you make them available to us. If we don't go out and and pursue a retro gaming type of path, which I fully, you know, endorse, especially when you see how they're handling like emulation like this. I mean, this is a terrible way to treat your classics and make your ecosystem scarce, expensive, and 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 poor quality. It's 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 that's the kiss of death. Doesn't make sense. But you know yeah. when you have fans that that are that are so dehydrated for anything Nintendo, you can get away with it. Oh, we'll just make a controller too, and that'll be the little collector's item people can you know keep or use. And it's it's just such a scheme. 
and it doesn't feel earnest. And that's a huge, huge problem to me that I really felt was a huge thing against them this year. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. I think it's it's absolutely fucking shameless. And it, it doesn't make any sense, but they don't give a fuck. It's all about the money. Like, never mind that I have had to buy Nintendo, uh, Ocarina of Time on the 3DS, on the uh, on uh, the Wii U, like, I, over and over again. Never mind that shit. You know, you're going <laughs> to provide it for me here on the Switch, which I can't transfer any of my previous purchases onto this. Okay, fine. But now you're going to give me this version of this game? Like, you, you, no shame in, in their game. Nah. Literally. Yeah. And, yeah, and, so. and the same thing goes for the next item, which is artificial scarcity. Mario 3D All-Stars gets pulled from the store, as promised. Um, they <laughs> this, so, this so limited run of a digital game. Digital. <laughs> what, what are we doing? And those games yeah. ran like crap and, 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 and were emulated yeah. like crap. So just another... Or, or not, not enough, not enough, uh, not enough um, you know quality of life stuff put into them. Yeah. Like, not even resolution upgrades and stuff. Yeah, so. bare, bare minimum. I mean, let's just get the game running is all it really felt like. So that's why, I mean, I had no intention of buying it. Um, did you Did you buy it? I did, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think you played it for like all of, what, two minutes because it was just lousy. I played Mar- I played 64 for as much as I possibly could. Um, I, Sunshine is never a game that I liked. I played that, uh, but it, it just, it was just, not good yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the only saving grace of this is that they didn't do this again this year with, like, Zelda or something. Because they did, you know, like, if they did this, like, Skyward Sword or something like that, that would have been wild. Well, I mean, the rumor is that a lot of the stuff that was coming out for Zelda-related, uh, it, it, they're kind of keeping it close, you know, uh, putting it in their pocket. So when Breath of the Wild is closer to come out, so they might still do this with the collection with Wind, uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. You know, never say never. They're they're still probably gonna huh. gonna do this because this worked out for them. Because look, if if they put the Mario 3D All Star game back on the market, regardless of how you and I feel about it, because it is not a great you know uh, release or emulation of those games, it's gonna sell. Just as good because people are gonna be back on it. Oh, great! Especially the holidays, new people getting new switches, oh, yeah, the OLEDs, dude. whatever the case may be. It's an unfortunate thing that they do. They Nintendo over any company. They don't. They hardly put their games on sale. They hardly, uh, you know, are very customer friendly or, or have consumer in mind. It's all about money, 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 money. And because they are the first, they are the the uh, you know, they are the genesis of what made video games popular within the mainstream. They can get away with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Not that they should. But I'm guilt. I bought the Mario 3D All Stars. I'm guilty of this as well. You know, like you know, I I have to draw a line in, in some things. <laughs> I did it with the expansion, but ultimately for me, this is my childhood here, and they're offering me to relive that. You know, I I, I I'm unfortunately I, I fell into the pitfalls. I, I didn't with the Nintendo Online expansion stuff. But even if they fix the emulation of the on- online expansion stuff. The price is ridiculous. You going back to that? So yeah. it, it, it's operating on on a, a on a very greedy level on almost every aspect of, uh, of Nintendo. Fam. Fucking incredible. Who would have thought? Who would have thought Nintendo would have had their own McRib type of experience for 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 their ecosystem? It's just just wild, dude. 
I hope the McRib's delicious. It's, it is fantastic, but I would like it all year round. Um, but anyway. Oh, okay. So you said, oh, the artificial Oscars. <laughs> yeah. I was like, are we going to fight about the if McRib? you saw how close he got to the, his camera right now, <laughs> like, what you mean? Um, and, I, and for everybody out there listening, saying, oh, the McRib is disgusting. You're disgusting in a fucking lie. Listen, I know it's made out of ground lips and buttholes, but boy, does that taste good. I never knew that I love bro- uh, ground lips and bottles, you know? <laughs> hey, man. That's like when they tell me, oh, you like Chinese food, but that's cats and dogs. I'm like, God damn, cats and dogs are mm. delicious. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> Rottweiler. All right. Ooh. So, no, no, no. Uh, Chow Chow is my favorite. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, let's move on before we jump this Hey, shark. didn't you name your dog China? Uh, it was, your Chow Chow yeah, China? It was a Chow dog, yeah. That was the breed. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know what happened to her. You named it. Um, <laughs> Chinese food. No, <laughs> poor lady. She's the meanest dog of all time. All right. Before Peter gets on us, let's get to this last item. Uh, last thing, and I, and I don't think this is exclusively a 2021 problem. I think it's more of just a continuation of, of the same uh, disappointment. But I think the Nintendo Directs uh, overall have been wildly inconsistent to, to bad. Um, more often than not, you have a couple of bright Mostly spots, bad. but you know, every once in a while, you get like, a, oh, that's a cool announcement, and. and I think in a lot of ways it's going to get worse because there's no longer the Smash Brothers reveal that happens now yeah. to look forward to. So it's it's going to get tough from here. But I just think that the directs have been not only disappointing by and large, but I think that it's set a really bad precedent for the Sonys of the world. What you see, what what you see with state of plays that we talked about the last episode. Um, these these digital presentations have started to become kind of almost stigmatized for being pretty much underwhelming. Uh, people always come into these directs with like the directive dreams in their hearts of, oh man, if they if they do always. unveil Pikmin 4 and give us a, a release date for this and show us Metroid Prime 4, and you will never, ever get that from Nintendo. Never. Ever? Never. Yeah. And so I just think that this has been a really annoying pain point because not only is it so dry every year with Nintendo or seemingly every year, I think, I think next year is going to be a lot better for them, but it's not only dry, but they just give you the, the dumbest stuff to watch on these directs, dude. It's just insane. How do you feel about their yeah. directs uh, personally? Yeah, they're absolutely inconsistent, like you said, in every way possible. I mean, like, uh, it, it's funny because every time they come on, they they don't you know, people are setting their own expectations. I come into it, and I'm ready to be, like, disappointed. But still, while that shit's going on, I'm like, but maybe, but maybe, you know, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's because it's it's the it's the nature of you saying, hey, everybody, take time out of your day to come talk to us and listen to us talk about new games coming. So that aspect, which we've been trained in video games, when they're going to talk about a very a, a direct form of communication to us about a game, E3, you know, all those things, packs, all that, they're going to announce some stuff that's going to be worth, you know, something. Right. This year has proven that that's not fucking the case. They're literally out there just to be out there, to be in the uh, social media sphere. We we're want to be a part of the conversation. We're going to release a, 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 a direct, and you're going to be talking about it on here, good or bad. Like uh, the old adage, uh, no uh, bad press, all press is good press, you know, no matter what it is. So at that point, th- this is what that's turned into. I, I, don't, I can't even recall a 
a direct this year that was particularly great. You know, maybe um, the E three one was all right when it announced Metroid. Oh, that's Red. right. Yeah, that was probably that was probably the best one. That was probably that was good. But actually, yeah, one but, one a year. That's that's decent. And they and they do this often, you know, dude. So yeah, so yeah. It, it's it's just it's it's a shame, and I think it's getting just tiresome to, you know, Sony and Microsoft in, in certain stretches or another, with their presentations or otherwise, always manage to overachieve, overachieve, or at least under promise and over deliver once in a while. Um, Nintendo is has yet to ever have that happen. Um, yeah, and that's just a shame. I think that they are just completely tone deaf and don't really, don't really care um, enough about what people really. want to see. So, with that being said, we've got through the highs and the lows. And Pablo, it is time to drop our grades on Nintendo. So, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Tell us your grade. Tell us why. You know, based on everything that we've seen, uh, the fact that you know a lot of the games that came out were pretty decent, but just not really like marquee titles. Um, everything ho- happening with with their ecosystem, um, it, 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 there's really not a lot for me to be excited for in terms of Nintendo this year. So I gave them, I was nice. I gave them a D minus <laughs> because I could easily put an F and feel good about it. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, looking at you know certain aspects. Uh, I did have some fun with my Switch this year, um, and also a D minus because they delayed Sports Story, you know, <laughs> till next year, which is one, one of the most anticipated games of this you year. Let that go ever? They no man, because they talked about summer, and then later, and then not at all. It's like and then it's indefinite, <laughs> an indefinite kind of like Jesus. How not ready was this game? Anyway, fuck all that shit. D minus is where I give. Is where I'm at. Um, and you know, like I said, that's being being nice. All right. Well, I'm I'm slightly nicer, but uh, the only reason why I'm giving it a D instead of a D minus is because I think last year was actually a bit worse of a year for them, and I would give that year a D minus if I could. Uh, but I'm I'm saying D. Uh, listen. This is probably the first time where I'm like, I could probably get rid of my Switch and be all right if it wasn't for probably Zelda. That's probably the only game that I really can't miss. The rest of these, as much as I love Splatoon, uh, Bayonetta and all that, I I can live without it because, I mean, it's just a dust collector. And Nintendo consoles are always that dust collector for me uh, and for a lot of other people, too. And it's just a shame that it's another year where it was just a, a just a, a just a dry spell with a lot of mid-tier games peppered in between that were all right, but not great, not world shakers, not marquee. And I'm just tired of that. I'm tired of, um, you know, the, 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 the lousy tactics they've employed, uh, deployed in, in, into their, you know, strategy. Uh, with you know the Switch Online yeah. experience and the artificial scarcity, the, the 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 Nintendo Directs don't even really get me all that excited anymore. It's just, it, I'm just tired of Nintendo, dude. I'm just tired of Nintendo. Um, yeah, I think for me, if I didn't have a Switch for 2021, it, I would have not been. I wouldn't have. No, no FOMO. No. Nope. I mean, Metroid for you probably. Maybe. You know. Maybe. Metroid Dread for you, but uh, ultimately for me, like if I didn't have a Switch in 2021, that would have not been that big of a deal. The only thing that I honestly, 100%, the only reason why I still have my Switch, you know, plugged in and, and ready at any uh, any uh, at any moment is for Smash Brothers. That's it. Yeah, Smash Bros. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's it. it Got to be better than that. So you know, hopefully they'll have a better year. I think I think they have a lot of stuff packed in for next year, unless there's more delays, but. 
um, man, I'd love to have a good Nintendo Switch here. I sure would. So um, we'll we'll see. But um, I think that's going to do it, man. That's going to wrap up this week's show. Uh, until next time, please be sure to give our podcast a sub on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you stream. And stay connected with us in between episodes on Twitter and Instagram. That way, we'll always be in your FOV. You're welcome, and we'll see you next time.